Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Mastering Dungeons. I am your host, Sean Merwin, and I have with me my co-host, Teos Abadia. Hey! But now you get twice the knowledge, twice the expertise this week, because we have on with us GM Tim and Marcelo De Velasquez, two DMs and two adventure designers who are going to help us break down and give a final look at not just Icewind Dale, Ram of the Frost Maiden, but where it fits among the other D&D hardback adventures. So, Tim, Marcelo, thank you so much for coming on. Do you want to give our listeners a little introduction into your, uh, your uh, stuff? Marcelo, why don't you start? Um, well, um, my name is Marcelo De Velasquez. I, um, I, uh, I'm a DM uh, from uh, uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Um, I, uh, am a, have been a big fan of D and D, uh, since, uh, my, uh, later childhood. And, um, uh, so I've, I've had an opportunity to play throughout many different editions. Um, and, uh, those experiences have, uh, cal- uh, you know, culminated into my diving into fifth edition here a couple of years ago, of which, uh, I've, uh, I've, uh, has rekindled my love for the game. And I, um, uh, after that, I, I decided to take a dive and get into, uh, uh, adventure design. And, uh, then, um, uh, a couple of, uh, um, mentors of mine, uh, had, had, uh, recommended I start doing, uh, uh, conventions, uh, where I had the, you know, of course the opportunity to eventually run into, uh, into Sean Merwin and, and many others, uh, that, uh, uh, have uh, kind of helped me uh, and inspire me to get where I'm at right now. And when I hear people talk about um, great DMs, they always mention Marcelo if he's on that on that circuit. And I know you've written some CCC adventures as well, so uh, you know people can check those out on DMs Guild. Thank you for joining us. And GM Tim, why don't you uh, give us the rundown? Hi, hi. Yeah, I was actually going to say I'm kind of fanboying right now because I'm like Sean Merwin, Marcelo, and Teos is like, <sighs> there's a little bit of me that's just kind of squealing right now. So I'm really excited to be here. Uh, I'm the GM Tim. I'm from Vancouver up in uh, Canada. Uh, and I um, I run games uh, as a job. It's kind of awesome. Um, and I got to start writing uh, the last couple of years. Um, my adventure started off rocky and got better as I go. <laughs> so, so it's neat to like have people kind of coach you and mentor you. And, and, uh, and so now that's what I want to try and do with others who are like, I want to write. It's like, great, try this. And yeah. So, yeah. You, you wrote one of the season 10 adventures, correct? I did. I, I wrote right in the middle, uh, season 10, three. I'm in the middle of a pentology um, with, uh, with a whole bunch of other amazing writers. It was such a, what a great experience that was. That was, oh God, that was so much fun. And uh, writing that story was just like, yeah, it was my first kind of like attempt at a, at a, at a horror kind of like dark, kind of like make them, make them scared uh, game. And uh, I think I did pretty good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, everything I've heard has been uh, positive coming down the uh, pipe from the players. So, so that's great. Nice. I haven't had a chance to look at the final version, but I was one of the, the playtest reviewers and, and <laughs> I really loved what you did with that. So I'm Thank excited you. to see the final form. 
Yeah, I uh, I had uh, somebody made a meme about it, which like <laughs> just made me giggle until I like yeah, it was just ridiculous. I had a I had a goofy smile on my face for weeks after that one. Yeah. <laughs> You've been memefied. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Super awesome having you both on. Thank you for helping us with this because we were looking at how one tries to <laughs> sum up rhyme. Uh, after such an in-depth review, and we said, you know, it would be really cool if we had different fresh takes. And so we'll, we'll get into that after the news, and I'm yep. excited cool. to do so. So we'll just give a couple bits of news. As we started recording, news broke. <laughs> there is an animatic post from Wizards of the Coast on Twitter where a Ouija board spells out the mist beckons. So it looks like maybe something Raven Lofty coming uh soon or at least will be announced soon it's it's clearly spell jammer <laughs> yes i'm excited about that the, the mist being the clouds <laughs> above which these spell jammers yeah absolutely that, that makes perfect sense sure uh speaking of some good content arcadia issue two is out and if you have not checked that out yet that is the new hopefully uh, pre uh, not predecessor. What's the what's the word that comes after the the uh, successor? The there you go. Thank you. The, you can tell Marcel is a writer. Uh, Our quality has exactly. already improved on this show. <laughs> the spiritual successor to Dungeon and Dragon magazine, uh, Arcadia, is from MCDM uh, and edited by our friend James Intracasso, and. It has uh, the following articles. It has subclasses of the seasons by Joshua Mendenhall, which are season-themed uh, spellcaster subclasses. So you get a new wizard order of hibernation, a bard college of springtide, a child of the sun sorcerer bloodline, and a horned one warlock pact. Uh, there are elementals by Mackenzie de Armas, four new elementals based on reactive elements. So there are some cool monsters there. Uh, what are the other ones, Teos? And can I can I just say this is such a geeky, like when you lean yeah. into geekitude, you know, like so this is all about like if you've seen those awesome YouTube videos or if you had a cool teacher in high school or college that like mixed two things together and it just like totally reacts wildly. That's the concept behind this. And then everything is sort of named after actual different elements coming together. It's just geekery upon geekery, and it's lovely. I so dig it. Uh, and, and not only are the monsters kind of cool and do things like explode when you kill them or have these sort of lashing out type reaction effects, but then you get this alternate rules for elemental compound encounters, which are things like if you have a fire mental and an air elemental in the same encounter, they can give you things that are reactive to the characters. Like they might create a, um, an ash cloud with fire and air, but then also there might be things that like if your characters carry metal weapons, then this happens, right? It's really neat stuff. It's super creative. Excellent, excellent stuff. And by it McKenzie does, Darmus. that harkens back so well to those old Dragon Magazine articles where, you know, the DMs that did these cool things in their home games would just write in and say, hey, and, and then we'd get to share all of that. So that's great. Uh, there's also an adventure, an eighth level adventure by Rich Lescouflair called Well of the Lost Gods, where you have to stop an agent ancient laboratory from creating hazardous magic and i mean how much do we like rich lesca flair so poof yeah very much that's a great lineup there for content uh, what anything else in there you want to talk about james has a nice letter of the editor 
page and and I love that this sort of harkens back to Dungeon Magazine or Dragon Magazine where you'd read the letter of the editor kind of with a keen interest into what's going sort of behind the mentality of of the company right and James does that really well he talks about the importance of good art and stimulating our imagination and creativity and for sure the art and layout in both these issues is just incredible um so that's neat it's nice to James just has a natural way of speaking to this it's great to read the letter from the editor um, you can get the whole thing five bucks a month uh, as being part of the MCDM Patreon, or if you don't want to be on the Patreon model, you can simply pick up the issue uh, on their store. I think it's slightly more if you buy it just directly from the store, the MCDM store. So very worth it. <laughs> yeah, it's great stuff. Yeah. Really, it's top notch. Speaking of top notch, uh, we hear from our friend Mike Shea, Sly Flourish, where he talks about handling rests in D and D, and this is a this is a topic that I keep coming back to as I run adventures or, or as I design adventures, sort of what rests mean for the game, what it, what the rules say it means, and then what it really means when, when we design adventures. Uh, what did Mike have to say? So he first reminds uh, some of a couple of rules, reminds of a couple of rules that we often forget. I see a lot of DMs forget this. One is that you can only take one long rest every 24 hours. Uh, and then the one that's really important when it comes to sort of resource consumption, which is after a long rest, rest, you regain half of your expended hit dice, not all of them. So if you depleted resources enough for characters to spend their hit dice, they are slowly wasting away at those hit dice if, as long as that keeps on happening. And they won't, they'll get half of whatever they you know, had. So it takes a while to get back up. Um, so that's one nice thing. He reviews the rules of it, but then he guides us on how to balance rests of combat challenges. And his guidance is to be story first. So don't just aim for challenge level. Instead, say, what does the story demand? If we're in a dungeon, then we probably can't rest easily. If we're on a long trip, we might have lots of rests. And then based on what the story demands, that's your rest schedule. Now build the challenge appropriately. So if we want to throw a boss at our characters, and they're fairly well rested. Let's have waves of monsters, and then the boss shows up. And so he, that's his approach for it, which is really great guidance. The, the article is full of some, you know, really good thinking. So, yeah. and you can find that at slyflourish.com. And what's this about POC and play Discord channel? Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about this, but uh, but I follow uh, POC and Play, and they announced on Twitter that they are creating a Discord channel that um, will be for POC uh, creators, professionals, hobbyists, students um, who are creating content and sort of want to be able to build a community. Um, they are they have right now an application form, so if you go to we have the Twitter link in our thread, but it'll be a recent. Um, uh, post on at POC in play on Twitter. So if you go to at POC in play, you can find the post, click on the form, uh, which is an application form on Google, and you turn that in. And then I think they're just making sure that you are actually a POC, you are actually doing these kinds of things. And then um, get into the Discord, and they said they'll likely expand how many people are in it in the future, but they sort of want to start and build up a group and add from there. So it's, it's a nice resource uh, if you're interested. Well, that's our abbreviated news this week because we want to hear the stars of the show, uh, Marcelo and, and Tim. So let's uh, talk about Icewind Dale and your experiences 
Now, yes, we got spoiler warning too. Yes, uh, spoiler. We're going to talk about the entire adventure probably. So, uh, you know, yeah, I have I have players who are actually playing this. So if you're listening to this, turn it off. Like <laughs> that's skip. right. Go to the next one. You can listen in a year when we're done. Okay, because and we'll know if you're listening. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I totally will. <laughs> we get the name of every listener and we immediately send right. it to yeah. your DMs. Yeah, check so. it against yeah. DMs. Yeah, yeah. yeah perfect. Uh, just like GM Tim, uh, if any of my Thursday Discordians are <laughs> plug your ears. <laughs> we all know. These guys are like Santa. They they have the list. Oh, yeah. They check it twice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A bad feeling when you cheat. I was a player cheating in um, Barrier Peaks and I knew like where a key card was because there's key cards to get between levels and i'm like looking behind this desk just because and my dm's like why do you want to look behind that desk i'm like i don't know i'm like oh i'm a horrible person i'm never doing this again <laughs> and, a, and a terrible liar apparently yeah yeah i don't know good job there was yeah, also smooth. kudos to the dm there was no key ca- key card behind that desk yes he go. moved it yes uh, important so teos had a great idea and that was to put a survey out to ask DMs what they thought of, of Rhyme, if they were running it, and then to kind of compare that to what they thought about the other hardcover adventures. And the survey ended up bringing in quite a few uh, great comments, a lot of good information for us. And so I'm going to let Teos take over and sort of walk through his questions and then start the discussion from there. Yeah, and, and and you know what we specifically wanted to do is to to have the experience of people who had run several hardcovers, and so I think we put the number at three or more of the hardcover hardback D and D adventures um, to see um, what folks thought, and and it was it was there were so it was interesting on a number of levels to see what the data looked like um, when you looked across some of these people who, who run a ton of these adventures. I mean, really very impressive. And, and, and Tim and Marcel, you guys have both written uh, a, a run on a good number of these. Um, so you have that sort of experience in addition to everything else you run, which then helps you assess rhyme well. And that's kind of what we were looking for. So the, the first question in the survey looked at just kind of establishing how much of rhyme uh, folks had run, because I'm always curious whether a new book comes out it's almost like the media treats it, you know, social media treats it like we've all immediately read the adventure and run it. <laughs> <You know>? What? <laughs> People will say like, what'd you think of it? And you're like, I don't know. I might run this in the next year or so. <laughs> I've read the first five pages. It's on my bookshelf. Exactly. I really it's like the cover. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, so that was an interesting question. What the, the, the results came back were 52% had read it all and run about two, one or two chapters, right? So they've gotten their feet wet. Um, cause one of the things was we wanted people who had started running it. Um, and then we had, uh, 24% who had read it all and run, uh, at least the three first chapters, uh, which is pretty good. I mean, if you remember, those are really big chapters, so it's a fair amount of, of, of content. And then another quarter had read it all and run, uh, at least through chapter four, um, or further. So, so I thought that was very interesting. You know that you only have a quarter that have reached chapter four or later, um, which is honestly around what I would have thought. But but it's kind of interesting to see that validation. And and I should say we had um, about twenty five responses. The two people, I think one was a duplicate. So I, I'd say we had twenty two responses. That's probably the number we had. Um, so Tim Marcello, um, you've both started to run rhyme. 
And what has your experience been like so far running it? Maybe we'll start with Marcelo. Well, uh, it has, um, uh, from my perspective, it, it certainly has been um, uh, interesting. And uh, it, uh, I, I don't see, I, I enjoy the overall, uh, uh, the overall, um, uh, the way it's written. It, uh, it just seemed that uh, for me that this, um, uh, at least the chapters that I have been through have been very easy to kind of digest um, as far as uh, content. Now, um, uh, I have been able now, I normally run uh, underneath the uh, organized play uh, umbrage there. So I, um, I find myself having to, um, to make sure that I'm uh, considering, um, uh, you know, the, uh, the advancement uh, rules uh, with uh, these, uh, uh, the particular, the hard covers, and just trying to make sure that I can, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing right by uh, the rules of organized play while trying to provide as much of the content from each of the, the chapters that were in uh, my players uh, awesome. to make sure that that balance that you were talking about earlier tales is, is there. Uh, and I, and I'm not straying too far from it. Does that yeah. help you? Does that help you that sort of running it through organized play rules, help you digest it and help you uh, make the flow uh, easier to DM as opposed to if you were running it outside of that, would it have been harder to put the, all the pieces together? Do you think? I think that I would have less considerations. Um, if I weren't running it under uh, organized play, I, uh, of course that, that kind of opens you up to be able to, uh, to do even more with, uh, uh, uh with, with w what's presented in the book. Um, uh, I would certainly say that, uh, um, uh, now I've been running AL for a long time now, so it's kind of like I'm used to it. I enjoy it. I, you know, I I've been able to work within it. But uh, if I didn't have to, I I'd say that I I definitely have more things at my disposal. At least I, I feel as a DM than, than I would normally have. Um, so you 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 run league games and then use the book to flesh them out is that is that how you what you mean like you run the league storyline um through the book or do you no 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 i um well what i meant by that is that i um i use the the the, the season 10 guidelines uh while i'm running the hardcover um uh i I, th I thought we were just talking about the hardcover now if we're talking yeah. about the actual... no, that's cool no yeah okay. we're, we're talking about the hardcover only okay okay yeah if we were talking about the modules, that'd be something else different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just the way you worded that. I was making sure that I understood <laughs> okay. what you were saying. Yeah, and, and for folks who don't know, you can run the hardcover of any of the adventures following guidelines that the Adventures League publishes. And so you you level at certain points based on you know how much you play, or it depends on each season. They give you rules for how do you level and so on. Um, and it, it is an interesting balance where you 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 have to follow these guidelines. You can't just, you know, add on entire chapters or do whatever you want or, you know, so, so it forces some balance around it. And then you have to look at how magic items move across and all that. Yeah. So the big thing is that treasure tales. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Tim, how has your run been so far? Um, so slower, uh, my group that wanted to play, well, so they, they wanted to play a book 
And, and because I was in the middle of writing season 10, I was like, hey, this seems like it's going to be a really killer story. And I'd gotten to do some of the play tests, so I knew some of what was coming. Um, and, and so I suggested it. Uh, they bought into it, and we play once a month. Um, so it's, it's mm-hmm. slow going, but we, we kind of are ready for that. Um, it's How been you guys... a challenge. Oh, yeah? How so? So the story doesn't flow. Everything in it is good. Like I have, like it is, it's a really good, like all the stuff is awesome. The writers rocked it. The, the, whoever decided A to B to C to D to E, that's where it falls apart. And it, and it, and I don't mean that, sorry, I should, I guess I should preface this in my humble opinion. (laughs) um, And, and I, and I fully acknowledge that I am not an expert in, in, in writing this stuff. Um, I will kind of like toot my own horn though. I am an expert in running this stuff. Um, (laughs) Like I run, I run eight games in a month, like eight different groups every month. And most of them are weekly or biweekly. So, so I know how to run a game and I know what I need as a DM in order to run that game. Um, And this story didn't flow for that. And, Mm -hmm. And I've been putting more prep time into getting this adventure ready for my one month, once a month game than I do for my weekly Eberron game with six 14 year olds. Like that should yeah. alone just kind of like say like a lot. Like it's a good yeah. book. Everything in it is great. It just doesn't story. Yeah. You know, when I think of sort of having gone to conventions and maybe run the same adventure seven times, it's always different, but you can always, you know, with normally with a published adventure, you know what's going to happen, right? So even though the characters might bring strange things and make, make weird things happen, the story is pretty much the same. If I had to run this adventure for eight different groups, every run could not just be different based on the players, but it could be different, could, totally different. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah it, that's, I'd never thought about it that way, but that is even more terrifying. Yeah. When I was reading over this, I had a, a question in my mind because it's it is very sandboxy, right? And so, are either of you DMs that sort of naturally like a sandbox? Hit and miss for me. It depends on my group. I, I allow my groups to. I allowed my groups to lead through play. So so if they if they provide so I got one. Mm-hmm. They just they just did. Uh, part of the ten towns where they uh, they can run for mayor, um, um, and the one who the the group nominated the barbarian who's like boisterous and loud, who has actually like taken a bunch of the copper pieces they found in one of the treasure, given it to a blacksmith, and has them making commemorative coins for the different <laughs> events that they have, so he can hand them out as they travel around the rest of the rhyme, and Beautiful. I'm like, you know what, that's. Yes, that is totally. And so that's become almost the focus more than more than the actual story, right? Like, I think I might. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to play with that, I think, somehow. But I'm yeah, yeah, it's it's what what about you, Marcella? Are you a kind of sandbox DM or do you like to have it all prescribed? Um, I, I I kind of enjoy both. But if it I guess it depends on on who I'm prepping a game for. If if I'm in, if, if I'm at the con, then I want that linear. Hey, these are the points we need to hit. 
so I, so I know where that, mm-hmm. uh, uh, so I know what I, I need to get done to at least give the, uh, uh, my players, uh, what, uh, you know, the designer, uh, uh, intended along with, of course, uh, hopefully meeting, uh, meeting, uh, uh, their, uh, um, their desires as well. But, um, for the hardcovers, um, uh, I mean, I, I enjoy, uh, those gaps that, that allow for the DM to, to interject their own, uh, um, um, their own uh, um, fiat uh, into uh, and into the adventure as well. I mean, the players are a big part of that too. But you know, uh, I, I like I like being thrown a bone too. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was fun. You know, Sean and I sort of deliberately read uh, the adventure as we were doing the podcast sessions, and so which is fun because then you know we'd record. And we'd have a set of expectations. We'd talk about what we read, and then we'd read the next piece and go, "Oh, oh, okay," you know. And, and it often didn't match our expectations for both of us. And we, you know, if you were on, if you if you listen to the different episodes, you know, that comes up a lot. We're kind of like, "Oh, we thought this was going to kind of build in this way, but it didn't." And that is both uh, freeing in that you can have a lot more ability to do whatever you want, but it's also uh, surprising. And I think, like, I like a plan. Even when I allow great freedom to my characters and things like what you're talking about, Tim, like if, if they want to mint their own coins and stuff, I love playing with those kinds of things. But I kind of want to know where what the possibilities are they're going. And it can be four different possibilities or whatever. But if I don't know what's happening next or if it's not logical, that gives me a lot of pause. And I certainly felt that in this case. Even just the hard plot line. Like if they had given us the hard plot line so that the DMs who open the book can go, okay. I see the trajectory. And then you kind of like, you know, I think the one that did that one of the best um, was uh, 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 Tomb of Annihilation. Yeah. Like it just, it just, here's your plot line. Like it didn't, it had, it had its issues, but I mean, all the books are going to, it's, there's too many of us. There's no way it's it's going to be good for everybody. Yeah. You're going to start in the town. You're going to go to the jungle. You're going to wander for a while. Eventually you'll find this city. You're going to wander for a while. Eventually you find this tomb. You're going to wander for a little bit and then I'm going (laughs) to kick your ass. Right. Like, but we know that we know that those are the things that's going to happen. Right. And if you succeed, bravo, well done. DM wasn't expecting it. Right. And And it all makes kind of like, yeah. And it all has an arc, right? Because it all is because you're trying to do X and X is at the end. So we're going to go through some steps to get to the end. And here it's funny because you think you may be doing X, but you are told initially you can't do X and then you suddenly stumble onto X and then there's still more to do. Yeah. Yeah. That was my, that was my big thing uh, for, uh, for rhyme there. It seemed to me that the arc is, is there. And there are these other, what I would consider like major adventure points. I mean, one you're talking about, uh, you're talking about uh, uh, sunblight. You're talking about this warlord's fortress up in the spine of the world that was the, uh, you know, was the uh, uh, the spa- uh, the spawning point of the, of the Shardlin dragon. Then you've got this city, this Netheril city, uh, stuck way out in, in in the rugged glacier, looking to be. Uh, explored and, and and then but wait a minute Aurel, this demi goddess has uh, dropped a, a, a malady on the people of the icewind dale that they've endured for all this time which and it's it's it seems 
like the major plot point of the adventure, but then you kind of like, like uh, GM Tim was saying is you got all these other things here. They kind of like, they, they seem like they, they're there to um, uh, distract or to take away from that. And, and then like Taos was saying, players could literally, my guys, they, they never left uh, their area of the 10 towns. They, they, right now they've never been to Bryn Shander or, or anywhere other than uh, the towns around uh, Mayor Duldon, uh, Lonelywood, Tremelaine, Bremen, just in that area. They never left. They, they went to Calvin's Cairn to take care of, uh, you know, to rescue some uh, uh, mountaineers. And, and then from this area, they, they went up to the Sea of Moving Ice, Dark Duchess, Angajux Bell, and then they went out to, to go get Arl. They never left that area. You know what I mean? So what do you do in that respect? I can't have they're they're taking on the overarching plot of the book, but yet they all these other things. No, uh, hey, look, uh, you know, Bryn Chandra's the big city that they, they can handle the dragon, or you know, hey, why do I care about some Durgar <laughs> warlord up in the spine of the world? I don't live there. I live in these towns surrounding this frozen lake. Wow. You know? That's cool. Yeah. Now, Tim, you mentioned Tomb of Annihilation, and I'm going to go to this next uh, question that we asked in the survey, which was, which other hardback adventures have you run? And this was part of a qualifying question to sort of say, like, hey, I want to make sure, you know, the people filling out the survey know that we wanted you to have run other things uh, so that you have that perspective. But it also was interesting because it tells us of the people who answered the survey, you know, what had they run the most? Um, and the most played were uh, first Dragon Heist and Dungeon of the Mad Mage, oh. then Descent into Avernus. Um, then it was a tie between Curse of Strahd, Storm King's Thunder, and Tomb of Annihilation. And then it was Horde and Tiamat, um, which I thought was interesting because you have a lot of the recent adventures had been played, uh, but then also Horde and Tiamat. Um, but then it was actually lowest was uh, Princes and Rage of Demons uh, Out of the Abyss, uh, where we're sort of the lowest, even those were the two and number three in terms of order of release. Um, of the 22 or so people that had answered, two had run nine adventures. Wow. Which is impressive. Yeah. Uh, the average number was almost five adventures, if you break it down. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, what adventures have you run, Marcelo, and, and, and what stood out to you as particularly awesome? Okay, well, um, I, um, I, I got into Adventures League as a DM because uh, I did play for about a year prior to that when uh, Curse of Strahd released. And uh, I, mm. once I saw that book released, I made the decision that I was going to make the jump because I was a Ravenloft guy, you know, uh, um, I remember the Ravenloft modules from AD&D, and I was fascinated by it. So it's like, this will be the one where I make them. Uh, but Curse of Strahd, um, I did do the, uh, I did run the uh, uh, the classics revisited from uh, uh, Tales of Yawning Portal, uh, Storm King's mm -hmm. Thunder, Tomb of Annihilation, uh, a Waterdeep Dragon Heist, uh, Autumn Season. Uh, did a couple levels mm -hmm. of Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Um, and then, uh, of course, uh, Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus. I did. I ran three games, three sessions, wow. three wow. different directions. Just like Sean was saying, they went. They did three different things, um, and then, uh, um, then of course, uh, I'm running my my one game uh, here uh, for uh, Ryan the Frost Maiden. 
Um, and uh, we're about 18 sessions in right now. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. Tim, how about you? Um, so I have, I think I've done most of them. I haven't done Strahd. Interesting. I'm, I'm, I am the, I am the one, I am the <laughs> one DM that I know who does not like Strahd and I am going on wreck. I don't even care if people are like, what's wrong with you? Don't care. Don't care. We, to we the have audience. to stop recording right now. Yeah, yeah I know. We're, yeah, we're I gonna, know. It's, we'll yeah. be muting so, Tim I, for the so remainder bye of the guys. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. No, um, no. So, you know, so, it's funny. I'm not much of a horror person. Somehow I end up writing a lot of horror things or a fair number, but I, I'm not a super horror person, though I, I do like the original Ravenloft. Didn't you, didn't you write an adventure for, uh, for for Curse of Strahd, the, the artifact, I think mm -hmm. it was? Yeah, I think my first <laughs> yeah, uh, adventure that. for Dungeon was horror-themed. Yeah, I, I mean, I do kind of like exploring it but it is not my like i i watch zero awesome. horror films uh yeah. you know unless it's something like aliens where it's more sci-fi oh. you know mm -hmm. but yeah and i'm definitely not a gore person or anything like that so it's funny that uh, yeah, yeah all right no, so i, I don't know what I, you I, ran i've did princes of the apocalypse i've done uh i've done out of the abyss uh i'm doing storm king thunder at right now with another cool. group um i've done Tales. I've done Ghosts. I've done Tomb of Annihilation. Um, I've done. Uh, I started Dragon Heist, and then that group was all. We kind of like went way off, and it's like never mind. Uh, we're just going <laughs> to close this book. I didn't even touch Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Um, I'm not a. I'm not a Dungeon Delver DM. I'm not good at them. Yeah. Um, and uh, I didn't do Descent yet, um, but I've used parts of dissent so i'm a i'm a book user more than i'm a book doer if that makes sense so i grab huge chunks and i'll just plug them in one of my favorite things about any of the books the newer books is the 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 world encounters mm -hmm. um yeah anyways uh so yeah, yeah I, awesome. I have done i've done a good a good fair share um so we next uh asked uh, everybody, how they rated Rhyme as an adventure. And I think Wizards of the Coast will be very happy with the results. Um, most, 15 out of, of our respondents, rated it a 4 out of a 5, which I think is really very good. I mean, you know, we as gamers often like to complain about stuff and something's not quite perfect. Or So I consider a 4 on a 5 scale to be really very good. Um, 1 was poor, 3 was average, 5 was superb. That's sort of the rating scale we threw in here. Um, I thought that was pretty good. Um, if I recall correctly, I think you both rated it either four or five. Well, I thought I'd given it a three. Did you? Okay. I, I, I think so. But um, um, I, on, like I told you before we started, I do not totally yes. remember all of my answers. I'm sorry. I love you. Right. I don't um, remember my name. I don't remember um, who I am. So. I'm sorry. Okay. What? Who? Um, what? Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's solid. My, my biggest problem is the story factor. Like, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what it felt like? And, and the more we kind of talk about it, the more I'm starting. It, it felt like a Lord of the Rings horror. Hmm. So in Lord of the Rings, you start off thinking that there's this one bad person. Like if you've never read the books, uh -huh. um, then you, you'll watch the movie and you'll be like, oh, that's the bad person. Or that's the, that's the, that's the arch nemesis. And then it'll carry on. You're like, oh, wait, there's another one. Oh, wait, there's a bigger one. Oh, wait, <laughs> there's a bigger one. And I think that's what they were 
trying to do was they were trying to use one to feed into the others. Um, huh. Yeah. But there was no crossover between the movies. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, that's a, that's a great point. And now that you mention it, it does set itself up to work that way very well, sort of a wheels within wheels. Uh, <laughs> but the wheels are not within each other. They are. That's the, totally, yeah, that's the, the wheels have come yeah. off. <laughs> I think to me, the classic wheels within wheels is your against the giants to the drow to Loth, right? Like the classic series, uh, you know, oh, it's just a bunch of, uh, hill giants. Well, actually it's this kind of giant. Oh, it's that, you know, well, it's the drow that are pulling the strings, but who's pulling the drow strings. And that's good because it all relates. But you know, what, what's weird in this adventure is that the Dwergar aren't being controlled by say oral and that makes it so that it doesn't fully reveal that way right whereas if it was all coming out of netheril or if oral had her home in the lost city uh the netherese city then that would make sense somehow but yeah that's what i've done <laughs> and hopefully your players aren't listening they are the but something i something i see in that though is uh, uh like i like i said it, it seemed like that there were like three uh, uh, bosses, you know, like GM Tim described, and they were leading into one another. If 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 you end up in in my particular situation where the players kind of like focus on one thing and they and they don't drive themselves through their actions into these other areas where they can be fed more of this plot, because you can only dump. Um, uh, I was taking a lot of those rumors out of chapter two and then dumping them in uh, to just the town of, of Targos that they were based out of and uh, using the, the speaker in the town as the plot point to drive uh, other things too. Um, mm. But um, what makes that great though, is you could run uh, this book three different ways. Uh, if you wanted to go ahead and kind of get, make it a little bit linear, you know, you go, well, you can make that, mm -hmm. you can make that fortress, uh, and, and the Chardolin Dragon, one thing. You can make uh, the quest to get to uh, uh, this nethery city uh, another thing. Or you could just make it just about dealing with the, the rhyme of the Frostmate. There's a lot of options there. Yeah. True. It's true. Great point. Really great point. Um, so let, let's, let, I'll jump into this again. I had another question I was going to ask you, but oh, yeah, I know what I was going to ask. Um, so you started in Targos, Marcelo. How did you choose Targos? Or did the players choose it? I I rolled the dice. I rolled the dice in the chapter, nice. uh, and then Targos was the town. So um, uh, that was immediately and it clearly yeah, worked. It was immediately the focus of my uh, um, uh, of my reading, my prep was just Targos and everything that was around it at first, because I knew that uh, uh, that first chapter was dealing with. Uh, I said there there's enough locations here along with their respective quests that were kind of attached to them to keep them busy for uh, a couple of sessions to where I had to start thinking beyond that and looking. Uh, um, I did much like uh, uh, you and Sean did uh, when you were prepping your respective shows for uh, 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 your review of the, of the product. I only read just what I need uh, for, mm -hmm. for maybe one or two sessions. And then when they get close, then that's when I put in the extra reading to move on beyond that so I, I had some stumbling points too but um when i came across them i either was very transparent to my players about 
this is an oversight I made. So how, you know, we, we can collectively come to some type of consensus that incorporates some of these plot points I missed or. <laughs> don't, yeah, you don't what they don't them. know won't hurt them or hurt me, right? <laughs> Uh, that's, Tim, the did to, you... that's the key to every game though I think is is that's something that I learned more recently than I care to admit to be honest is that I don't need to apologize for missing things that they don't know about mm-hmm. like it's just like you 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 forget so do I I mean you forget that you have a familiar I have many <laughs> more familiars so I am not going to stress about this at all anymore and yeah even know what your alignment is <laughs> right like do you even care do you even align anymore yeah. <laughs> do you even align bro uh tim did, what what town or towns did you uh like and were you drawn to or how did you choose um so we've done goodmead and i really mm-hmm. liked it because uh there's i think goodmead is my most fun uh it's yeah. it's it's the most I found it the most realistic. I know that sounds so silly in a, in a, in a fantasy game, but it's, <laughs> it's the one that reacted, I think, the most reasonably. I think that's the better way to put it. Like the, 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 the characters had a scenario. Um, my other thing too is when writing this, um, I, I got to like come up with neat ideas about good meat in the area. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So uh, uh, I was drawn to it. Uh, when writing for the league awesome. um, um we've also done the um uh, east haven mm-hmm. um and and they're just kind of like currently so my group came on as a uh, caravan uh employees so they're protecting a caravan so we were able to like literally kind of walk up into the 10 towns and then the I caravan like forces them to move um mm-hmm. And they all rolled on their on their secrets, so I've, I'm trying to force those secrets in, even though again it's like you know remember you have a familiar, so you're not going to worry about these secrets, right? So it's kind of like the same thing over again. So, um, but but you will remember when I remind you of the thing yeah, that hatches out, out of your body. Yeah. yeah, as long as as long as I remember too, right? Like that's no. the that's the key right there, right? Like I know yeah. that somebody in one of my games, this is the other problem running too many games. Somebody has been hit by a slot. I don't think I remember who properly. And I have a couple notes like sitting on my screen right now. And I'm like, oh, it's like yeah. kind of getting to that. Like, I'm going to, I wrote the wrong name down, I feel, but I didn't, uh, I don't know. That's where you have to put it together, a, a uh, online Google form survey to your players and say like, you know, how is your secret going? You know, write your secret name here and how it's going so far. And, and I'll you get know, somebody I totally know back. what it is. <laughs> What secret? <laughs> oh, shit, uh, group. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I wanted to say one thing that I thought was really good about the rating of Rhyme is nobody rated it below average. And that's pretty cool, right? Nobody said this is trash. Like everybody yeah. was like, at worst, it's as good as the others. And when you look at how people rated overall, uh, all of 5e hardcover hardback adventures, uh, most rated them a four out of five, and again, none rated below average, which is super strong. And I don't know if just fans of our show are more positive. <laughs> uh, possibly. It, it, it could we be, Sean. I mean... I don't... <laughs> we hope. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's really very good. And I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, I have my adventures that I don't super love out of the bunch. But if you were to strongly argue that my least favorite is average, I don't know that I would super contest that, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Um, now we did ask shows that they know what they're doing. Like the, the books are good. They're they good. good. It's not like we're getting bad products. Right. Right. Like, right. And, and you can't otherwise like in Canada, they're they're They start at 70 bucks. Right. Like you can't. It's expensive to buy books up here, right? We, yeah. we make them, we ship them to you guys, you ship them back to us and sell them for more. Thank you, America. <laughs> um, so it's, it's uh, yeah, it's just this weird thing where it's like, it has to be at least a good, uh, I think this just has a less of a flow than some of the others. That's my critique yeah. about it is it's yeah. not a bad product. It's just not as good as some of the others that have been coming out. It's yeah. the same as, it's the same as Tiamat. It, it was a rough it was a rough first book but the republished edition is ooh, yeah what a great well, and, what a great even, fix that is even for being you know it, it it gets dinged partly by i think that it it um you know they were struggling stat block wise so some of the balance isn't quite there um and that's been fixed in the reprint but but i think in you know a lot of times i see people online talking and going back and thinking about it and going you know that really wasn't that bad it did a lot of things oh. well um I, I was recently having that thought as I was writing a blog post on, on sort of, you know, how characters can have memorable campaigns. It does a lot to tie you into the larger setting. Um, so one of the questions we asked was, what is your, your, how does your least favorite 5e hardback adventure rate? And I thought this was also interesting. Nine rated it at two. Again, one is poor, three is average, five is superb. Eight rated at average, and only seven rated their worst as poor. Um, that's I think really very good news for Wizards of the Coast that again there was there's so few you know even the one you least like you're not rating it uh, too badly um, and then when it came to favorites it was all fours or fives about half in each category um, so that's not bad do you, you you don't have to name it but do you have do you have an adventure that you're like oh man that there, there is certainly one I dislike vehemently. I don't have any problem saying saying which one of mine was, <laughs> uh, and it was because I uh, I I I dove into DMing at, with uh, with Curse of Strahd when I did the look back, um, and I was contemplating uh, running Lord of the Dragon Queen. Um, I began to read through that, and keep in mind uh, I'm looking at through the uh, lens of a of a of a of an organized play DM. Uh, there were certainly um, there were certainly some things in there that just were, were going to take a little bit of work to kind of uh, 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 to work into an organized play format because you're you're taking the current set of organized play guidance for whatever the season is and then taking it back. Mm. You know what I mean? And during that time frame, for uh, from what I understand, uh, the league was just kind of in their formation right when that book actually released. So. Perhaps there wasn't a lot of syncing there with uh, uh, what the uh, the vision for organized play would be, with yeah. that being the the sole fifth edition product at the time. Right. And yeah, a I couple think of those, I, got... I was going to say a couple oh. of those early books. I recall that the the math sort of doesn't work out for leveling yeah. or for treasure, and and so there were complaints on forms, sort of like, how am I supposed to make this work? My players are you know not the right level or undergeared or overgeared, and yeah. My eventually, uh, uh, my, uh, because of that, I was like, you know what, maybe if I have a chance, but I, I to, to take a hard look and try to try to crunch some of these things in, I, I take a stab at it, but then, uh, wizards did uh, something wonderful. They republished it. 
and they 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 took out a lot of those uh a lot of those areas that were a little bit troubling for uh uh for me and you know uh, i definitely keep it keep it on the stack to to consider in the future <laughs> how about you tim any any real man this one gets me i already did mine <laughs> it's strong. <laughs> it's strong, but yeah. um yeah i, I think do you know I'm 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 looking at these and I, I have a question. Did you ask you didn't ask what what about it was your least favorite? And I think no. if you had asked if theme was the reason why mm -hmm. they'd give a two or a three, I bet that would give more of an answer. That's um, true. Some people may just be like, I, this is not my kind of adventure. It's not that it failed in any way, but it's just not my my thing. And I think I'm like I think I'm like Marcello as well, isn't that like it's it's when you're a con DM, um, whether by trial or fire, uh, or or by learning how to do it there, um, you have those like four hour adventures that you have three hours to do, and you're like you're there to game. So when you when you have a game, a book that's a little bit looser, mm -hmm. it, it's it's hard to like cram yeah. that down and i think that was my biggest thing because Strahd was the first one to really do that like uh um it was just really like here's the world <laughs> and it's like oh crap what the hell do i do with this <laughs> right like yeah. so i i think that's yeah. the other reason why it was my one of my least favorites is because that's you, you had this conditioning and yeah 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 i played through um uh i, I was at a gaming store in texas at the time playing um horde of the dragon queen and it was interesting to see the the dm sort of decide what the pace would be and it was hard for them to fit that in like a four-hour block at a store and they, they did struggle with that it was good i still had fun um i think my pick is probably princes i i don't like the whole yeah. missing darabar uh, mirabar delegation and the um the, the way that the DM is instructed as to how this should work. And, and of course, then they do things like put the intro in the middle and the, there's some, <laughs> a lot of organizational and, but that one is the one that I struggle with the most, and, but the parts are fine. It's just that it, it doesn't, I, I ran uh, a younger group of, of players that were middle school at the time uh, and it did not go well. They, they never could follow why they were doing anything. And they just, you know, I don't know, it's a dungeon. And I guess now it's themed with this element. I don't know, we're just stabbing stuff. You know, they, they couldn't get into it. Um, that was interesting. Sean, I, do you want to, do you want to slay a favorite child? The, <laughs> uh, yeah, wow. the, the Acquisitions Incorporated adventure, that was horrible, Deus. Yeah. <laughs> but, but only the, last only the second chapters. half. Only yeah, the last yeah. three chapters. Like, I was like, oh, God. The, the, the one that I ran that I had the hardest time with was the, uh, uh, I can't remember the name of it now. Uh, oh, the, wow. The, the, the one, uh, The Rage of Demons. Yeah. Oh, wow. Because it just, it started rough. It's it's always a rough yeah. start to, you you know, you've been captured and you're prisoners. Uh, so I had to work my way around. Oh yeah, you, you have none of your, you have nothing. Yeah. Everything on your character sheet you don't have. Right. So, so, I mean? so like, what I did with that was I made my own beginning where they are approached by someone saying, "We need you to infiltrate this uh, drow prison. So we're going to set it up where you get captured, but we're going to." help you 
by hiding some of your equipment on you, by oh, hiding some spell components idea. on you. So it was a choice that the players made to be captured. And then I got there and there are 72 NPCs that, that you have to deal with. And, and so then I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to how to do this. Now you want yeah. to talk about forgetting your familiar. You know, yeah. Here's here's <laughs> just a truckload, and they're all interesting. They're all cool. They're all fun, but there's just way too many of them. But some of them are actually important for the story going forward. So you, but have you don't to, really know which ones. <laughs> exactly. So you, exactly. So you have to sort of ferret out. Yeah. yeah. Which ones are going to serve? And so what I just use them as cannon fodder. Every yeah. session, one of them died. Uh, horrible. I, I just I just know that I didn't run that one. I read it and I provided feedback and I wasn't listened to, and which is the story of my life. And uh, it happens at home too. Uh, and um, but but I just imagined that like in session fifteen or something, I would be like, and the Mykonid says, and someone would go, "There's a Mykonid with us." You know, just, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it was it was it took too much planning too far ahead for me, uh, again, being someone who I, I'm happy to ad lib, uh, but I just I need to be told ahead of time what's important and what's not. So that, that ad libbing is great, but ad libbing where you're two NPCs talking with each other. Oh, uh, my God. Uh, Yep. I'm not here for that. I don't even. I don't even like that in my live drag show, for God's sakes. And they make me do some weird voices. Okay, like, like no, no, not here. Yeah. Um, well, at the end, we're gonna have you do all the voices. Um, oh my God. So we asked what rhyme did better than previous hardcovers, which is a perfect segue given our little complaint session we just had. Um, several commented that it is a more modular and non-prescriptive adventure that lends itself to DM modification or customization. The DM has the freedom to Absolutely. pick what they like. A lot of people mentioned the word sandbox. So I think, you know, this is the perfect fit. If you like to sort of have a menu of options and go in whichever direction you want, exactly. boom, right? Delivers. Um, and several noted that the pieces such as individual locations or quests are some of the best that they've seen. And I think that's a really spot on, right? I mean, when we were reviewing this, we would read some of these locations and be like, oh, that is so cool. Right. Absolutely. Um, did you, as you were reviewing or reading, have parts that, you know, like what's a part that like you have rhymed that you just super like, this is awesome? Marcello, go for it. Um, if I, I'd have to say, um, I mean, I liked all of chapter one, but um, if I if there was one point, uh, it would probably be uh, the the whole area around the sea of moving ice here. Your uh, your dark duchess, your Angajux bell, your uh, and then of course uh, Solstice uh, Aurel's island. Um, I liked those areas uh, because they presented a. I mean, they were they were at least crucial. To, at least in my mind too, uh, at least for my game. Um, but overall in the uh, adventure itself, I liked that there were a lot of awakened creatures. And I, I'm like the, I'm the guy that, uh, I mean, I enjoy the, the voices and, and things like that too, when I when I do have the ability to present them. But I, I just really like the fact that, you know, all right, so, you know, what's this, What's this bell do here on, on this dock in the middle of this ice? And, you know, ring it. Ding, 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 ding. All right. What's supposed to happen? Nothing happens. 
And then boom, the iPhone explodes and this giant sperm whale comes out and says, oh, I, 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 I had him. The first thing that came out of his mouth was, uh, 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 you rang, you know what I mean? <laughs> and they were like, you know, like, oh my goodness, we've run into, you know, we ran into a talking moose, we ran into a, 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 a late monster that don't like us, you know, we, we've, uh, uh, you know, and uh, now we've got, uh, oh my goodness, it, it's like a real talking whale, you know, what's going on here? And that, uh, Please tell that, me your moose was like full Ontario and uh, almost Minnesota accent, eh? Like it's got to be just full Canadian, eh? You just got to go I, right in there. I just had him bellowing as uh, he was charging at players and and uh, throwing them all over the place. And they're like, "Oh man, I can't believe we're getting in our butt kicked by a moose. This is embarrassing." You know, like uh, um, you ever but, seen a moose? Those things will tear yeah, down. What? Oh, yeah. They are yeah. terrifying creatures. I mean, when you um, look at but, those sizes, counter the uh, summer star, the black cavity. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very, very clever. Yeah, that's cool. How about you, Tim? Any any pieces that really stood out? Uh, I so actually, I'm like really excited for the the city, mm-hmm. to be honest, because it's just so yeah different. Like, and yeah. and I I only got into. <laughs> I got into D&D because of Eberron. So oh, I've yeah. only been playing, I played one game of D&D before Eberron came out in 2008. Yeah. So, so, and it was not my favorite experience. So I didn't, I bought Eberron because it was cool. I didn't play three, five at all, uh, mm-hmm. like at all. I didn't run until fourth and nice. fourth got me into DMing. And before that I had tried like say Star Trek and stuff like that. So for me, it was kind of cool to try and sort of merge these fantasy and sci-fi but it didn't feel like it was forced like some of Spelljammer feels i'm teasing i'm sorry um so it just, it just was it just was like it just was fun right so it was kind of dark it lended itself to the horror and and i'm excited but i moved her there so she's yeah. the reason that it's there and still potent That's so cool. i'm tying them in together right because i feel like it needs that draw for me um but yeah cool I, I i thought it was like neat and even the even the idea that you can have that um what's it called the the the, the stuff that happens when you have a long rest there oh the arcane uh arcane blight yeah. arcane yeah, blight. the fact that they they built in a if you survive it you're you're immune and if you don't you're nothing like cool <laughs> and also your depth perception joke the other night i just howled howled God. like i was in the middle of doing so i think i was on the train home and i just started giggling my ass off people moved away from me and, like, like it was like because it took me a minute i'm like why would he oh my god one eye god right like it was yeah so that's that's key um, so we asked folks, uh, what, uh, what they liked them, which chapter they liked the most. And it was heavily towards chapter one, but some did write, you know, they hadn't run that much of it. Um, but it's cool that you, you want a strong start. So it's good that they really like the elements that are in chapter one. And when we asked what was the least favorite chapter in rhyme, um, the most was the dragging attacking 10 towns. And they specifically would add in comments around it being hard to run or an unexpected part of the narrative. Um, some, for, interestingly, some votes for chapter one um, in that it was hard to plan. So I think this is your, your DMs that aren't loving sandbox and want a little more guidance. You know, they had trouble choosing which options they want and, and knowing how to keep their players hooked. I thought that was an interesting comment. 
Um, a few more votes for chapter seven because they found the following city to be an unexpected story or strange conclusion or uncertainty of how to run it. Um, a couple of votes for chapter two and then everything else just had two or three votes wherever it came out. But I thought that was interesting. You know, strongly it was around the, the dragon attack and, and this feeling disjointed and difficult to understand how to run. And for sure, when, when I looked at it, I, I was kind of like, wait, how's this work? And I think if you love improv, maybe you don't care and you just do whatever you want. Um, I watched a couple of online uh, versions of the dragon attack, and some of them were very clearly like they're just the dragons wherever they want it to be, and they're just making it interesting. And I'm like, that's so much better, but my brain needs to break it down. <laughs> and I want to know what the math is, and then I'll criticize it and do my own version. But like, I have to do that breakdown. And it was exceedingly hard to do the math, which I thought was interesting. Uh, how do you guys feel about that dragon attack? Uh, chapter if you've read it go for it Mitchell. well uh what i ended up doing uh because uh i'm probably one of the ones in that boat that said uh chapter four was a was a break i felt like it uh in the in the uh the plot flow um was that i brought the dragon to where my guys were were at like i if i uh at the beginning my guys only stayed in one area and so I, I only focused in that chapter on that one area. What happens when they hit X town? If my guys are already there, then, hey, rumors reach them. Hey, there's this big metal flying thing. We don't know. Where, it came out of the spine of the world, and it's wreaking havoc on the 10 towns. And, uh, you know, hey, everyone's running to Bryn Shander. And, again, their attitude is like, why are we going to the big city for? You know, hey, we got walls right here. We'll wait for it to come when it's our turn, and we'll, we'll fight it. And so they, they did everything from, from where they were at. And I brought the dragon to them. Um, and uh, nice. what I didn't anticipate there was that, the, was, was that, you know, the book says that, you know, the dragon does a couple things tactfully, but they somehow, you give, you give, you give them a, the, the polymorph spell, right? Next thing you know, you got two King Kongs on top of uh, other buildings and they're, <laughs> the, the, the giant apes are leaping up, grabbing the uh, the dragon by the legs and dragging them down, and then they just proceeded to to to, to get crazy on it. And uh, Charlotte Dragon never made it back. What um, level? They were still. What level were they? I'm they curious. may have been uh, you know? on the cusp of uh, like level five or six, somewhere in there. Of course, I'm I'm doing progression, not not by milestone, but but by AL. So. Uh, um, the, the AL hours uh, mm -hmm. count there. Uh, so, yeah, they had the ability to, right. to bring that thing down. I, I was not expecting it. I was expecting to get a couple strafing runs in there. All right, off the Brinjander, but no. Then, uh, so I was like, well, what do I do here? I've just kind of kind of messed with the, with the arc a little bit of the book. And then I just said, you know, hey, I go back to the speaker. The speaker's like, hey, you know, we've got scrap from this big dragon. I wonder how we can turn this to the town's advantage. And so I just made up this thing about how the speaker is like, hey, you know, send a runner to Bryn Shander, let them know that we've got something they might be interested in. And uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll welcome any grains, any coin, any resources to help rebuild our wall. And left it at that. They were good with that. And, uh, but yeah, definitely chapter four. Uh, yeah. that, that dragon. And for for a group that doesn't leave like a certain area or whatever, they 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 may get they may be into the uh, I don't careism, you know. It's like you know, hey, I'm 
I'm worried about this area, not these other towns I've never been to before. Uh, and uh, so uh, I thought it would be fun to bring the dragon in, but I, mm-hmm. um, I, unless there there's buy-in about the, you know, hey, you know, the whole 10 towns is our home, you know, we need to go rushing to their aid type of thing. You, you may not get the true essence of what I think that chapter was wanting to bring to the, mm-hmm. uh, to the, the whole story. Yeah, but it's smart that you brought the dragon to them then and, and you know lean into what your players want, right? That's very cool. Oh yeah. They they and did. They, they were like they had never seen anything like or, well, you know, they, they, they were they were trying to get me to so that ray that came out, uh, was I able to see how far of a distance it went? And I'm like the best way to see yeah. is to come up <laughs> on it and see if it you know uh but they were trying to avoid it, but yet try to attack it. So I had a lot of sacred flames. Uh, I, had, I eventually had the polymorphs into the giant ape to get in to go into melee with it. Uh, but they were they were doing their best uh, magic missiles. I had my, my spellcasters that uh, had burned all their slots trying to hit that thing with magic missiles until they 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 had uh, yeah. almost nothing left in the tank. But it was a uh, it was it was it was that effort, man. They uh, a couple guys went in there and they went into melee, and that's what eventually did it. That's cool, neat. Well, and that's the best. If if it's an easy fight, but they have a blast, then it's all good. I got nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Um, yeah. So so that was our survey, and and then Sean, we had a question come in. Do we want to yeah, uh, tackle well, that? I'm going to try to sum this up. This is from one of our patrons um, who was on our Slack for being a patron, and he asked a question that is pretty hard to grapple with. And so that's why I'm going to bring it to our experts here. So this DM, uh, Tom Hay, and Tom, thank you for being a patron. He started DMing a couple years ago after playing D&D for the first time. So he's run about 30 sessions. Thanks. He started with a group of friends who are all newcomers. And then he has a side uh, homebrew campaign with some family members. And his main campaign, he started with Lost Minds of Fandelver. And now that he's done, he wants to jump into Rhyme of the Frostbaden. The problem is that the players are halfway through level four, and it's going to be a challenge to bring them into this this adventure for for many reasons. Uh, so he, Tom sees three ways that he can go. He can slow down leveling. Um, he can make the encounters harder, or he could skip a lot of stuff in chapters one and two. And he's sort of discussed the various options with his players. And his players say that they're happy with slowing things down, but he fears that they might not be once, you know, if you get used to leveling at a certain pace and then everything slows down, it, it uh, gets a little frustrating. Not to mention that figuring out XP for a monster, you know, it, it's, a, it's a whole thing when the book itself doesn't really use XP leveling. Um, he thinks that he could manage B, uh, which is make the encounters harder, but he's a little inexperienced and he's worried about messing it up. Uh, and then he says C, which is skipping chapters one and two, isn't really something he wants because there's so much great stuff. And so he's you know, wondering about different ways to handle it. His conundrum is how to go into this adventure now 
in in a way that makes everyone happy and doesn't you know ruin the campaign that he's worked so hard to establish so i'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts uh on tom's conundrum jam tim please <laughs> oh, okay um so I'm I'm reading I'm reading what he wrote as what they wrote I shouldn't assume gender pardon me um, so I'm reading I'm reading what's written and um, narratively I've got my so I think I think uh, one um, so <laughs> okay here's what I would do um, uh, number one get rid of XP uh, go just drop it jump into into um, uh, as you need it, level up, milestoning. milestone. Um, and I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even call it live mm -hmm. milestoning. I would call it when you're ready. Mm -hmm. um, so, and especially because I see that you were considering Storm King's Thunder, um, and that's that's like the granddaddy of milestoning, as far as I'm concerned, because you can spend months in just chapter five or level five, wandering the world, experiencing the world, right? So if you wanna dive into the stuff that's crammed into chapter ones and two, you need to drop leveling right off the bat, not even slow it down, just like poof, let it go. Um, I would, I would, uh, I see here, um, um, I'm really inexperienced, so I might mess up. Good, mess up, mess up, mess up bad mess up horribly kill the entire team do it and then go wait you're not dead you wake up with one hit point and you're in some sort of prison or you're in an ice cave or you're luke skywalker with the damn uh, wampa like you <laughs> it's 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 there's you can't you can't break what you're doing it's not possible because it's all in your imagination so please make mistakes and then learn from how to not do those again don't forget tpk k means knockout <laughs> ah, right so yeah. so so you don't you don't Wait, need what? to what? like and i i know all the grognards are like no it doesn't but it does it's because k's are k's i've been doing um, that wrong so i think that's the big thing is like is like you don't need to like really stress this idea that you have to be perfect because i will tell you from a professional point of view you're not going to be you will make mistakes mm -hmm. all the time even if you've been doing this for a long time that is and a I great think, point and i think that it's the kind of other nice. thing that is really important here is that increasing sense. you you know i can read like you've already got this planned more than i do like it's like, like you know what you need to do um and and you're, you're like you're weaving the characters on stories and the adventures you're swapping things out like you know you've got this yep. you've got this you you've got this you don't have a conundrum mm -hmm. you have uh imposter <laughs> syndrome and and <laughs> just I like and you, you need to just go and get rid of it because yeah. because I, I and I, I know that I can I can hear this person listening going you didn't tell me what to do it's like well I, I kind of yeah. did you yeah you, just... yeah I think you did a great job Tim I think the problem that a lot of people had with this adventure is they couldn't do everything that was in these early parts and they were having trouble finding the path yeah. this fixes that problem for you 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 their fourth level you're bringing them in follow the path that you're laying out here in the question you asked you know do do yeah. the the good meat in east haven speaker reputation plan you know 
do the coolest of these tasks, you, then you don't have to yeah. worry about all of the intertwining things. Just put them on that path. Do the two or three coolest quests. Yeah. And you don't, you don't have to worry about leveling because they're already leveled. <laughs> yeah, I mean, something, uh, something that, that I'd just like to add. I mean, I think GM Tim pretty much hit the nail on the head with everything. Um, um, I just want to say first, Tim, thanks for taking the helm of uh, DMing. You know, uh, uh, we certainly need a lot, a lot of mm -hmm. DMs, man. And, and you know what? Just like GM Tim said, you're going to make mistakes. Hey, how do we learn? You know, we make mistakes. And you know what? Hey. When you make those mistakes, how about you let us all know what those mistakes are, you know, so we can we can benefit from your experience. You know, um, that's that's something I always try to do, too. When I when uh, when I when I slip or I I make a mistake too. you know, kind of kind of elevate everybody, including myself in doing that. Um, I would say if you're so dead set on trying to get those uh, earlier things in to your entry point into the book, then I'll bring them in in other ways through narrative. Maybe bring some of those NPCs that were uh, uh, in the in the beginning in uh, maybe uh, uh, in a maybe a brief encounter uh, while you're you're moving about the Icewind Dale. There's nothing saying that some of those NPCs can't be in other towns yeah. uh, that you're at. I, in fact, I did it with Bell and Harper. Um, I moved her in, into the the ten towns, just stopping to pick up supplies, and then that's how my players contacted with her. Um, so there's, I mean, there's certain ways to um, if there are aspects in Chapter One that you like. Um, um, uh, of, of bringing them in, um, uh, you you may have to be creative with it, um, but 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 you can do it. I mean, and um, you know, uh, with uh, with all plans. I mean, even even. I mean, judging from what uh, uh, you know, uh, Sean, you had read, it, it seems like uh, he does have a. I mean, he does he does have a. a I'm sorry, I don't want to defer gender, but uh, it seems like uh, they have a pretty good uh, 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 idea of what they want to do. Um, and, uh, they're, um, you know, just like with every plan, I would say, you know, strive to be flexible, uh, because the players aren't, uh, uh, the players aren't, uh, uh, going to adjust your plan. You know, you may, you may have to just based uh, off of something that you see that you didn't originally plan. You know, and the best part about running chapters one and two, um, uh, as, as is like, don't, don't play with them. Like use, use one or two of the 10 towns instead of 10. Like, as you heard from the two of us who are running it right now, we're both only using a couple of the 10 towns, like using 10 towns is, I mean, the idea of playing 10,000 NPCs, no, thank you. Right. Like, no, it's not going to happen. So so um, do that. And then, and then the other thing is it ties, by doing chapters one and two at level four, it literally ties into your concept of slowing down experience. Like you're gonna be able to take those really cool encounters in chapter two that you know of, uh, like the ones that we talked about, and, and you're gonna be able to actually do them in a session. So you're gonna be able to just power through like one of the caverns on the on the on the on the lakeside and just kind of like dive into that dungeon and get out and you're going to be able to do it quick because the players are just going to be like this is easy but just because it's mechanically easy doesn't mean that it's a not going to take a toll on the players b not something that you're going to be able to like tap into later and c not going to be able to something that you can just like pump up when they're not ready for it because they think that it's so easy there's lots of things that you're going to be able to do to really like like really add to that horror aspect right like i mean the the best horror movies it, 
like for, uh, I mean, the ones that I'd like watch are like Tucker and Dale versus evil. Like that's hardly a horror movie, but it's always about like falling into a false sense of, of security. Like it's the, the reason like you, you, we sit there in the movie theater yelling, don't go into the house, but you don't think about it. The house is your home, right? So you're safe in the house. So you think that going into the house is an okay thing. And this is the same concept. You're going to get them going on like these chapter one and two things. They're going to be like, what's the big deal? I don't understand why it's so scary. And then all of a sudden you're going to be like, dragon. And they're going to be like, crap in their pants. It'll be great. <laughs> or shape-shifting into giant apes. Even better. Um, I, I have two quick thoughts on this. One is, uh, you know, B, which is to make the encounters harder. I think that Tom's on the right track here in saying that it's a lot of work. Uh, and, and it's not about failing. Like Tim said, it's great to fail. And Marcelo, you know, said it's, it's great. And, you know, be okay. Embrace failure. I agree with that. But it is work. And you already have enough work on your plate. So this is where I would absolutely not. I would say don't do constantly leveling up the adventure. Um, yeah. I had a group that said to me, we don't want to start Tomb of Annihilation at first level. We want to be, you know, I think initially they wanted to be fifth. And I was like, how ah, about third? And what I said to them is like, I'm totally cool if we start at third, but I'm not going to make this, I'm not going to constantly up this adventure. So it's going to be easy at first. And that's totally fine. You guys will be stronger than the surrounding initial world. And then you'll eventually catch up. But even then, I ended up adding a lot of kind of neat, fun things, extra quests, extra story stuff. I built up a whole pirate thing. And so they were, on paper, they should have been way higher level. And they kept on saying to me, when are we going to level? And I'm like, no time soon. And it was <laughs> yeah. just sort of a joke. And would they have liked to level yeah, more? Yes. Possibly. Did I want to take on that work? No. I wanted to put my work in the places that are going to be pleasing to me. And sometimes your campaign just has some give and take, right? And that was my give and take was you're not going to level beyond the adventure. I'm not going to up level everything. So that's just the way it is. And, and, and they, you know, they're fine. They had a great time. Uh, they probably would have said they would have liked to have been higher level, but it's, it's the compromise we struck. I would not embrace, unless you love, you know, taking apart monsters or building encounters and dealing with that math, I would not at all up level the adventure. I would just, have them progress more slowly initially um, because of that. And like others said, it's... If you've got a group that wants to Adventures League mm -hmm. or that wants to level up fast, run the Adventures League stories. Yeah. Because then the stories elite level up with the game. with the like, Right, the every time you play, gain a level kind of thing. Um, but one thing also is that we tend to want to do everything that's in a book because it is awesome. But the reality, there's nothing wrong with a short campaign. Then you can immediately go run another one. Uh, the world will not run out of campaigns. And, and a campaign is never too short in my experience. I've never had a too short a campaign. Short and sweet works fine. Um, even though there may be really lots and lots of great quests, you know, doing all of lots of great quests can still get a little old versus moving quickly. So there's nothing wrong with, with cutting out the number of quests they do even though it may feel that way. <laughs> and and uh, Teos, on that note, when you when you have a compartmented product like that, I'm not saying you, can, you can't just dive back in and revisit it, you know, later on. It, sure. it works out perfectly when you have a product that is, is built with, uh, uh, maybe not with that in mind, but uh, initially. Yeah, and your but point about that, sort of that, that moving things that. around is a good one. You know, you can take some of the bad creatures in chapter two and make them part of a chapter one quest, right? So you can sort of borrow pieces from one and throw it into the other. Um, you know, you don't have to, to do it a particular, use it in a particular chapter. 
if they're higher level. Excellent. Well, thank you everyone for coming on and, and lending us your expertise on, on this topic. Uh, it was great. And thank you for taking the time to answer uh, Tom's question. And thank you, Tom, for asking. Uh, we appreciate you, you listening. Mm -hmm. uh, and thank you to all our listeners out there and to our patrons. And so let's go around the horn here. Uh, Tim, where can people find you on social media or follow your work? Ooh, uh, so all my social media is at the GM Tim, T-H-E-G-M-T-I-M. Um, uh, you can find me streaming on Norse Foundry's Twitch uh, channel. Um, do Star Trek adventures uh, every two every two weeks. Uh, you two both have to come play. Marcello, you got to come play. Um, I just had Fred Love play. It was awesome. It was so good. Anyways, um, and uh, uh, my adventures are on uh, DMs Guild at the GM Tim. Um, yeah, come say hi. Awesome. All right. And Marcelo. Uh, well, um, when I'm when I'm on the interwebs, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Valiant573. Um, when I'm twitching, I'm doing so at DMRL573. And uh, if you uh, if you like a, a little bit of Discord in your life, uh, Marbello844 is my sign. Um, I do have work out there too, like uh, you all alluded to on the DMs Guild. Uh, and uh, you know, if you're looking for uh, low-level uh, new beginnings uh, for your adventuring parties, uh, I certainly would uh, uh, would uh, uh, welcome you uh, taking a look at anything I've put together. Thanks. Excellent. How about you, Teos? You can find me at AlphaStream on the Twitters, and my blog is alphastream.org. I've already written this week, so I'm very excited to, uh, to post it soon. And, yeah. How about you, Sean? How about me? I am on Twitter <laughs> at Sean Merwin. Or you can find me on the forums at forums.misdirectedmark.com. If you're a patron, you can use the Slack Room for Life from Misdirected Mark to talk to us like, like Tom did. If you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, it's at MasteringDND. &D. Sean, do you Mas mean that all of your life will be now run through Slack? <laughs> Pretty much. You would be surprised how much of my life is run through okay. Slack. Maybe yeah. you wouldn't be surprised how much of my life use is Use Slack for life. That's <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Slacker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mastering Dungeons is a misdirected Mark production. So, gentlemen, what should we do now that we're done talking about Icewind Dale? Go kill some owlbears. Or get ready to go to Candle. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> boo. Uh, good call. Let's go put our hand <laughs> on a Ouija board. Spelljammer confirmed. Bye-bye. <laughs>